0: Wow, man, that was great reading, guys. <laughs> I know you were moved by that, so Well you actually have been moved by that, or else you wouldn't be here. <laughs> really, is that right? Okay, well let's have a word of prayer, okay guys, together and, and uh and get into the word of the Lord and I I just want us to have a real wonderful time at the expense of the devil and at the expense of our flesh perhaps too. So Let's just go ahead and uh, pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. God. I thank you for everyone that's here. I thank you, Father, for the faithfulness of your people, Father. And, uh, uh, Lord, uh, people who uh, are looking for something in their life, oh, God, uh, not just to uh, appease something that's going on, but for them uh, to have change take place. God, what we were singing about, Father, more of you and less of me, Father, we, we just want to emphasize that. Even tonight, Lord, as we speak, Lord, that there's an anointing of God that comes and challenges us afresh and anew. No matter what level we're in, Father, what step we uh, find ourselves on or wherever we're at, Father, we pray, Lord, that the anointing of God will just break through to our hearts in these areas, Father, and cause that wonderful victory that you have for us, Lord, to be present in our lives in such a way, Lord, that it's, uh, we have the victory and we have, uh, we're more than conquerors. We have plenty of victory left over uh, to share with others. Lord, just bless, Father, tonight we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. You know, as I looked over the, the, um, the Celebrate Recovery material here, I was uh, given a, a, a something last night by uh, Enoch, and, and he, uh, uh, I was looking over this stuff today, and I, I, I have a very simple message tonight. It's, very, it's not real uh, difficult. He said that I have till what was it, 9? is that all oh oh the morning oh sorry uh norm i appreciate that that that's very nice of you to say something like that i was telling them last night i said you know when i pastored a church seriously they took the clock down and put a calendar up i mean that was (laughs) i didn't even have a clock just marked the days off as we went by Amen. Well, hey, listen, I'm going to speak to you tonight about something that uh, uh, I need in my life daily, and, and, uh, and I have the sneaky suspicion that so do you, okay, uh, because, you know, God's no respecter of persons. So if I find myself needing something, I can honestly say to the devil if he approaches me, I'm not the only one going through this, <laughs> okay, because, you know, God's no respecter of persons. So, you know, I mean, he's going to attack the truth of God. This is what he does. He attacks the truth in your and my life. And the, the truth of the matter in, in, in our cases here is that we don't want to go back to where we were before. And that's the not like nothing better than us to not just go back to where we were before, but just take a little step toward that so he can get us lying tongue into where we're at to get us back to where we uh, were before. And usually when somebody backslides, they don't just backslide a little bit. you ever notice that i think i'll backslide today i'm just gonna go just a little bit you know (laughs) Uh, you don't don't do it a little bit if you do it one thing i mean i'm i'm uh the addiction that i have is a food addiction i i just lost 87 pounds but don't wave a cookie in front of me okay really don't wave a cookie in front of me because i'm gonna go crazy okay i'm gonna just like struggling like mark said you know uh he's got finances things like that it's cookies and cake man i mean i am you know I could struggle with this. But you see, uh, you know, we're all fighting some kind of a situation. But, you know, I'm finding out, too, that there's certain addictions that aren't bad. You didn't notice that? I mean, uh, addiction just gets a, gets a bad rap, doesn't it? But then it says in the Scripture, it says that there's a, 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 the house of Stephanias, who there are all addicts in that house. Every one of them were addicts. The house of Stephanias, they live in Achaia, a town called Achaia. You know, and they're all, but what they addicted themselves to is addicted themselves to the ministering of the saints. Hmm? Come on, little little head like this, okay? Uh, don't just I'm saying the word addiction. I mean, don't go, do that. Don't, don't do that. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know really, we need to addict ourselves to the better things that are out there. We need to addict ourselves to the better things that God has for us and form that as a habit in our life where it's unbreakable, man. Come on, you know how strong a habit is in your life. When you get a good habit going, and keep that thing going, man. Keep that thing going. But uh, I, I want to talk to you about uh, the area of motivation. I mean, what really, what, what, what motivates you? You know, what motivates you? How many here? I'm, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but how many here have uh, uh, will say, if you died right now, you know that you would take. The Bible says this: absent from the body, is present with the Lord. So you go. <sighs> on this earth oh, jesus i mean that's the way it is okay absent from the body is present with the lord okay so so out uh, of your last dying breath boom no three doors no what choice uh, the lightest one you know no uh, there's none of that I'm, I'm glad that there's none of that in heaven because man i would fail i need to have it clear so i'm going to ask you a question if you died right now and you took your last breath how many of you would say jesus Come on, lift your hands up. I want you to look around. I want you to look around and stare at people. This is a reverse altar call. <laughs> I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I want you to look around. If you, can't, if you can't put your hand up really knowing it, maybe tonight is your night where you're going to say, you're going to walk out here and go, whoa, whoa, you know, oh, come on. Come on, look around, look around. Look around, Hands are up, hands are up, hands are up. Okay, see, look around, look around. I mean, hands are up everywhere, man. Okay, I'll put your hand down. Okay, everybody's saying, man, I'm saved. Okay, how many of you planned it? How many of you planned your salvation? Look around. Look around. I want you to see. I want you to see. Okay, here's my point of this whole situation, this whole exercise. My point is any God that could come to us and we make the greatest decision we ever made in our life and weren't even in on the meeting could probably take the rest of our lives and do a great job with him. Don't you think? Now we can entrust our lives to him because, man, man here, a, here we made a decision that we didn't even know we were going to make. You know, I walked into a church, man. This is just, I just walked into a church down in Long Beach, California one day, and I'm looking at everybody, man, and, and, and I was invited by, a, uh, by some uh, a friend of mine, man, and uh, he said, why don't you come over to my, uh, uh, first of all, he prays with me aboard ship. I never met this guy before, prays with me aboard ship. Then he starts to invite me to come to church, and I start drawing the line, no, I don't want to go to church because I was a Methodist by trade went to the methodist church my dad used to drop me off go down to the bar come back up pick me up you know in an hour an hour and a half and uh take me home that was it i go to sunday school climb out the back window smoke in the car come back in say amen go home that was it that was my, my church extent so when he was inviting me to come to church i have nothing to really equate church by except that experience so I'm thinking, no, I don't want to jump out in any window and smoke her. I, I, I don't want to go. No. So I just told him flat out, no, 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 I don't want to go. But he kept on me for about a month. Well, 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 come on. Then finally he said the magic words, man, the magic words. Why don't you come over to my girlfriend's house for lunch? Meet her mom and her girlfriend. No, 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 no. I know my dear wife is sitting here in the congregation. But I went to church because of the chick. The Jesus thing wasn't appealing to me at all. The chick was. I thought, come and meet her girlfriend, friend. I ended up marrying Bonnie about two years after that. She went home to be with the Lord in 1992. We were married for 25 years. My dear wife Maureen is here tonight, and we've been married for going on 14 years. I've been married all my life. But the point is, when I walked into that church, guys, I walked into that church, I, I I, wasn't planning. I really wasn't planning on getting saved. I didn't have a day timer or anything like that that says, Jack, today's the day of salvation for you. Get saved. This is what you got it planned and everything. No, I wasn't planning on anything. But the Holy Spirit was planning on something for me. Just like when we're in this meeting, we don't even know what's going to happen. But the Holy Spirit has a plan for you and I. The, uh, God Almighty has a plan for you and I. The Bible says no man can come unless he be drawn by the Spirit. When I walked in that church, man, I went down there my friends. I was standing in the, in, the, in the seats down there looking around, wondering what was going on. We're talking about motivation here. I wasn't motivated toward God at all. I was just there because I liked the guy I was talking to, and he was about my age, and we kind of hit it off, and, and everything was good, and the girl was there, and everybody, you know, I, I was there because of these reasons. It wasn't even a godly reason. But somehow God kind of coins in on these kind of things. I don't know, God's pretty slick when it really comes right down to it, you know. We've got the Holy Spirit in the back of the church, he's seeing he's looking at the back of my head, no ponytail at that time, but he's still looking at the back of my head. And he's doing this kind of thing. Because <laughs> he knows I'm going down. <laughs> he knows this night I'm going down, man. Even though I'm not even thinking that way. Even though I'm not thinking about changing eternal destiny, I didn't even know what that meant. But I'm standing there, and I walked in that church, man, that night. Here's how I walked in. Hell, 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 hell. Because that's where I was going. There wasn't a good thing in me. There wasn't anything worth anything in me, it seems like. But God saw something differently. Make a long story short, we're standing in that congregation, man, after all things are over, and the the, the guy that was speaking his name is Mike Mansfield. It was Amy Simple McPherson, the, the four square church leader down there in, in, in LA. It was it was her bodyguard. He was a street preacher. Couple teeth missing, big hands, shirt tails hanging out, man. And, and then he'd be preaching, man. Here's what I heard as a Methodist by trade. I heard this. Whoa, whoa, wah, 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 Jesus. Wah, wah wah wah, wah Jesus. Wah, 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 Jesus. That's all I heard. And Jesus I recognize because I heard that on the ship all the time. I was in the Navy. And so he does all that wah, wah thing going on, you know, and all of a sudden everybody gets up, you know, he has everybody stand and he he gives this thing called an altar call. And I had no idea what that was. But, but, but people started to move. Obviously there was some motion that took place. Obviously he said something that, grabbed a whole of people, and they started moving toward the front. Looked like a bunch of cattle going down to get, get branded. I didn't know. I didn't know what an altar call was. When I was in the Methodist church, they had a big pipe organ up there, man, that scared the life out of everybody. Ever fire that puppy up? Man, it would have blew everybody out of the building. It was huge. Nobody ever even played it. It was just like there. Then they are all down at the altar down there, and I'm looking, man, I'm watching this thing. Man, I'm, I'm watching what's going on. Talking about motivation. I'm really not motivated to go down there at all. But see, God knows something about you and I. God knows something about you and I, whether we like it or not. I'm standing there. And then, Mike, you think he was getting paid by the person or something. I don't know. (laughs) It's not good enough he has a whole altar full of people, brother. I mean, it's not good enough. I mean, he still has several people down in the congregation, so he has to make a plea to them, to us. Like, leave me alone. So he says there's seven people down here who really want to be touched by god and i'm thinking i'm not one of them if you just lift your hand where you are god will touch you and god will meet you right where you are I'm standing there you know you know christians th- christians are funny people man because they just kind of jump on a cause and, and like, like you can't get them off of it. Or like a pit bull, you know, they're on this cause. You know? and, 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 and pretty soon somebody in the back of the church lift their hand everybody went, I didn't even see it. But everybody just must have seen it because they all went, one! <laughs> I mean, I already freaked out at wah, 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 wah. You know, over here, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking, you know, and then a lady, two! I'm saying Three! All of a sudden, out of nowhere, man, the Holy Spirit just goes. No man can come less to be dried. Oh four. Ah oh. come on. Everybody here said the same thing that I did. We all bit the dust, man. Nobody even knew we were gonna do it. I'm standing in this meeting, man. Four! I can't take my hand down. Just kidding. <laughs> run out of the bed. Hell, 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 hell. Get out of there. You know, I can't do this now. You know, I'm caught. I'm caught in this web, just like Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, you're stronger than I am, man. I can't even beat you one out of three. I fight with you all the time, God, but I never win. What's with that? Four, five, six, seven. There's seven of us right there. About an hour later, I peeled myself off the pew where I was sitting. Got up, looked at everybody, and walked out of the church to go fellowship like this. Heaven, 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 heaven. Man, God just changed everything. I didn't even know this was going to happen, guys. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't know it was going to take place. But God saw something. You ask the Apostle Paul next time you see him. Hey, when you're going down the road to Damascus, man, did you realize that that big light was going to come and knock you off the horse? and <laughs> Pretty soon you're going, oh, man, oh man, you know, and, and And you're in the church, man, preaching to people, uh, families, whose people you deliver it up to the lions to eat? I don't think he figured that at all. But there he was, man. And here you are. And here I am today. Our hands raised. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I'm going to heaven. If I die, did you plan it? No way, man. No, we didn't. But see, God somehow, somehow he motivated us even to when we didn't even know we were going to do that or go that way. I didn't even know I wanted that. Come on, guys. I didn't even know I wanted that, honestly. I didn't know I wanted to be saved for the rest of my life. I didn't know I wanted to be an avid churchgoer. That was 46 years ago, man. Almost 46. Halloween night, 1965. Halloween night and here I am today Yelling at everybody Who would have thought that not my mom She's 90 years old today, man, I call her all the time we pray together and and uh, man My mom's glad i'm saved now, but man when I first got saved she was freaked out He was a catholic <laughs> Wow First thing I told her was about demons and everything else that was wrong Anyway Kind of not the way to go at that point. So, so here I am standing before you, man. The same, th- same thing as you. I got my hand up saying, man, I'm going to go to heaven if I die right now. But I didn't plan it. But God wants to take the rest of our life. God wants to, God wants to challenge us, I feel, tonight. That, that's not even preaching, guys. Okay, that's not even, that doesn't even count. I didn't even open the notes yet or anything. So that doesn't even count for preaching. So I want to talk to you about motivation. And, and if you're like me, you need, uh, do you need godly motivation every day in your life? Come on, uh, talk to me. Talk to me. Yes, you do need godly motivation. I I need the spirit of God breathing down my neck. I need that scripture where it says, you know, he's a comforter and a guide and he'll bring things to your remembrance whatsoever. The Lord told you, I need the Holy Spirit to bring things to your remembrance. You know what it says? Uh, The Holy Spirit says, I told you so. That's what that's what he's that's what that's all about. I told you so. See, God, God wants us to understand something, man. When uh, the Holy Spirit comes into our life, it's like radiation. Okay, it's like radioactivity. It's going to change you. He is definitely going to change your life. And so when I looked at this thing, I thought, motivation, I'm going to speak on that tonight. Let me look up a few words on motivation and see what happens here. Uh, 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 I'll look up motivation in the dictionary. So I looked it up, and here's what it said. Here's what it said. Motivation, a state or condition of being motivated. I thought, wow, that's, that's deep. It's got to be deep because it's like, I don't even know what that's talking about. I mean, you know, know, that's deep, a state or condition of being motivated. So I said, okay, 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 I look up motivate, I look up motivate. I looked at the word motivate and said this, to provide with the motive. What kind of dictionary is this? What is this? (laughs) To provide with the motive. Wow. I thought, well, motive is the last link in the chain here. So I'm hopeful that when I look this word motive up that it'll have something else to say, Tom, besides, you know, these things. When I looked up motive, it said this, something that prompts a person to act in a certain way. Something that prompts a person to act in a certain way. I was looking at these 12 steps that you guys have over here. And every one of those steps are designed to motivate you and I. Every one of those steps are designed to motivate. They're not designed just to look at and read and say, man, that's a good step. Love it. I love that one. It sounds the best. It just sounds good. You know, it rolls off your tongue. Sounds really great, you know. No, they're all designed. To put you in a position to write something down to go to somebody and tell them They're 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 all motivated. They're all pushing you and the Holy Spirit does this kind of thing to you and I That's why the Holy Spirit is so important in our life That's why Jesus didn't give 500 or so gold watches to people when he left the earth man He said I'm gonna leave with you my spirit Because he knew something he knew that you and I needed something We didn't need a gold watch We didn't need something like that to kind of remind us what time it is and keep on going. No, he put the spirit of God in this earth so that you and I would have something, that dunamis power, that dynamite type power is what the Bible classifies the spirit of God. And by the way, the word spirit, when you interpret it, means motion. So when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you're talking about holy motion. So it's a moving. It's a move. And God wants us moving. God wants to motivate us. I'll tell you something about sin. Sin should not drive us away from God. Sin should motivate us to go to God. You see, the enemy will throw what's called condemnation on you and I that will move us away from God, whereas the Holy Spirit is throwing conviction, which there's a fine line between the two on you and I, to draw us closer to God. So that's why the Apostle Paul talked about this battle that's going on continually in my life, man. It's like a tennis game being played for my life. You know, devil wins a set, God wins a set. Devil wins a, you know, I, it's not that way. But sometimes we feel that way. God say, hey, I come to give you something. I come to change your whole life. He, he didn't come to just add something to you and I. He came to change us. He came to change us. And when we're, when we're doing what we're doing here, is, is, is uh, people who were addicted to certain things that we know the addictions, how strong the thing is that we gave ourselves over to. And we know the strength of that thing. We're sitting here, you know, and 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 the, the uh, if I could use the term, the pride that we have is that that we've been ten years clean or eight years clean or five years clean or six months clean or, or or thirty minutes clean. This is what we have going for us. Next step: 31 minutes clean, 32 minutes clean, 33 minutes clean, 10 years clean, 11 years clean, 25 years clean. See, God wants us to be strong. He wants us to have this, 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 this motivation in us of the Holy Spirit. That's why He left the Spirit of God with us, because He knew, man, that we needed something in our life. I can't do this on my own. We all just sang about that. We can't do this on our own. The, 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 the 12 steps, we can't do this on our own. We have to admit that we can't do this on our own. So something has to help us. Something has to, has to take us there. Uh, uh, Isaiah, uh, uh, it says there to provide with the motive, uh, uh, something that prompts a person to act in a certain way. Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. Let, let me read that for you, Isaiah 55. I want to start with verse 7, though. It, it, it says this, listen to this, let the wicked forsake his way. Let the wicked forsake his way, okay, Uh, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. Listen to this wording. This is incredible. See, every demon in hell is trying to block this out. You can't go to hell and quote scripture. It's terrible down there. It's like saying the worst cuss word here on earth. You can't go to the devil and quote something to him. Hey, let me tell you about Psalm 23. Shut up, man, shut up. I mean, he's going to freak out. That's why the scripture is so important, man. The scripture is so powerful in your and my life. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, gives the emphasis of the scripture because the the letter will kill on its own, but the spirit will give life to this. And we need that life of the spirit. And so what he's saying here, he's saying, uh, 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 let him return to the Lord. He will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Who do you think God is suggesting should change here? I would say it might be us. My thoughts aren't his thoughts. My ways aren't his ways. Man, I, I, I think differently than God. I, I act differently than God. But God wants to bring me back to a path. That's why he leaves the Spirit of God there with me, to bring me back to that path. You know, and, and add a strength and a force in my life that's absolutely uh, uh, supernatural. We get to places where we can't seem to do it. We can't seem to, 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 to get by. Uh, another definition was that which determines the incentive of an individual. That which determines the incentive. Acts 7, verse 28. In him, listen to the scripture. In him we live and we move and we have our being. Isn't that great come on i should see some heads going tom you should be shaking your head like this man you're a word man in him we live and move and have our very being you know what happened to israel I, let, let me let me go to, to uh, 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 j- let me just read read just a, a little bit further here and then we'll go into uh, exodus and i want to i want to share something with you from the children of israel uh, standpoint for, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and doesn't return back that way but it waters the earth and makes it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. God's word never comes back void. And, and, and if we allow God's word to really seed into our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on that word, man, uh, supernatural things happen. Like I didn't realize I was going to get saved, but I did. I didn't realize I was my eternal destiny it was going to be sealed, but it is. These things happen. Let's go to Exodus. I want to I want to turn over there for a minute. I want just to tell you a story. I, I enough introduction. Exodus chapter nineteen. I, I, I want to I share this with you because I really feel that you know motivation. We need motivation because many of us who's been in some kind of addiction. We hit a spot in our life. We hit an area of our life where, you know, uh, uh, you could deal with the bad attitude. You know, you could be, you know, when my kids got a bad attitude, I could deal with the bad attitude pretty quickly. You know, you can deal with different types of attitudes pretty quickly. But there's an attitude, man, of I just don't care. And I don't care attitude. That thing there, man, is a bad attitude in you and I. And when an addict of any kind reaches that I don't care anymore, situation it's all systems go there's no you're going to go back you're going to walk away you're going to turn your back on 5 8 10 15 years clean and it's the circumstance that does it it's a circumstance in our life that does it nothing has changed up to that circumstance and all of a sudden we hit this hard place in our life here's israel israel's coming out of the out of out of uh, egyptian bondage 400 years of bondage and god comes and sets them free i mean he motivated the egyptians i mean it's sudden plagues (laughs) motivated them pretty much to let israel go when moses came there and said let my people go pharaoh says no way that's not going to happen and all of a sudden all these things start taking place you know flies and frogs and blood and you know all that stuff then the firstborn dying all these different things happen it kind of motivated pharaoh to let these people go See, God doesn't make us go against our will. He just has a way to make us go. And we're willing to do it at that point. You see, Pharaoh, he wouldn't let him go. He just says, no, I'm not going to let these guys go, and that's it. And then all of a sudden, these plates start hitting pretty soon. He says, okay, I'm going to let you go. Now, not only to go, they got from an impossible situation. 400 years of Egyptian bondage, 400 years of beating, 400 years of humiliation, 400 years of being torn down, 400 years of being smacked around, 400 years of being subservient to, uh, to people that they didn't even like, 400 years in captivity. Now, our addiction might have lasted for a, a few years, but these guys had 400 years of captivity going, 400 years of not being able to do uh, uh, what they wanted to do, held at bay, being played with by The guards being played with by 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 Pharaoh himself, uh, making bricks for their houses over there. And then when they when they when they uh, uh, felt like it, they took the straw away so the bricks couldn't uh, uh, weren't made the right way. And uh, they just played with them the whole 400 years they were in captivity. So you think of people who were going to be released from this kind of captivity would have said, hallelujah. This is great. This is powerful. But you see, here, here they are. They're, they're, they're coming out of this captivity. And, 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 and God says something to, uh, to Moses here. It says, Moses went up uh, to God, uh, the Lord, and he called him to the mountain in verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 3 of Exodus, saying, Thus say the house of Jacob, the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians. Guys, they not only got released from Egyptian bondage, but the Egyptians gave them gold and silver and everything that they had, they gave them all kinds of riches to go with. Now, a few minutes before this, they th- this wasn't even an option. So you could look back at your ad- uh, addiction and you can see how deep and steep you were in that addiction and all of a sudden you're set free and you look back and go, whoa, I never thought that this could happen to me. I never thought that I could be in a place like that. I never thought that I'd be sitting in a church, listening to somebody preach about God. I never even thought that would even happen. I never even wanted that to happen. And here I am. Now, these children of Israel, man, they saw the Egyptians. Well, here, they left them free, and all of a sudden, here, they, they're out there going and, and, and leaving. Everybody, you know, about a million people or so going out there, and, 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 and Pharaoh has a change of heart somehow. So now the enemy, seeing that he released these people who he had fun with, they had fun with for over 400 years, wants him back. It's just like the enemy of our soul, man. He doesn't want you to be free. He doesn't want you to be free even though you got free of his clutches, even though even though you broke free of his bondage. He's still coming after us. And here comes Pharaoh and his chariots and the Egyptian army coming, and the dust is raising behind them. And Moses is standing there, and they look back, and the the guy in the back row says sends up a message. They're coming, 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 and Moses looking he sees the dust coming, 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 Oh, boy, you know, ah, here they come, you know, and so Moses looks around and here's a, he's between a proverbial rock and a hard place Plus he has an army on them and a sea in front of him So it's a little bit worse than just the rock and the hard place Okay, because he's got a rock on that side and a hard place over here a mountain a mountain the sea the enemy nowhere to go So he's in this position where everybody starts to murmur and complain see this is where they started This is what got trouble in Israel after they're set free, now they're murmuring and complaining. I don't know, this, is, this is incredible because it says in the scripture, that's the reason that these things are written in the Bible is so we could example from these things. So look, look at, how, look at how, how crazy this is. Here, here they are. They're standing there. They got the Egyptian army coming, bearing down on them. They got a mountain range, a mountain range, and they got the ocean. And and, and there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. So everybody starts murmuring. Everybody starts talking. What should we do? I don't know. Maybe we should just give up. Hey, it wasn't too bad in Egypt. At least we had something to eat, you know. Hey, let's go. And all this stuff, you know. I had it better. You ever hear that that phrase? I had it better when I was in the world, man. I don't know about you. I didn't have this much pressure on me when I was in the world. Of course you didn't. You were skipping with the devil. (laughs) I mean, why would you have pressure? got on a step every once in a while but that's about it you know hey come on so when you've got a christian man all of a sudden you got this whole thing facing you man and they're in a rock and a hard place they don't know where to go they don't know what to do so this bermain complaining starts going man pretty soon you start hearing people say hey what's the use What's the use? I mean, I mean hey, you know, what, what, you know, and then we start feeling this, this, this uh, uh, rejection and sorrow. of what is God playing with us now? Is God, God leads us out over here, and I get out and I get a certain amount of freedom, and now, man, I, 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 I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Well, if we're going to give in to that kind of whim or desire, we're going to go back to the drug. We're going to go back to the food. We're going to go back to the drink. We're going to, we're going to go back to whatever it is that we just, what we escaped from. Because that's the only reasonable way to go. Everything else is blocked. Except the Holy Spirit's motivation to Moses himself saying, just walk in the water, baby. Just walk in there and see what happens. And the unexpected took place. You see, I'll tell you something. If we follow God, the unexpected will take place. There won't be a way. It's like he made a fountain in the desert. There was no water, but he made water. You could walk through a fire. You won't be burned. I mean, come on, this is what he's saying. The impossible will take place if you follow him. Any God that could make the decision, and we made a decision to follow him from the very beginning when we didn't even know it was going to happen, could take the rest of our life and do a real good job with it. He led those people out of Egyptian bondage. He led you and I out of captivity. He led us out of captivity. There's no possible way he's going to say, just kidding. The enemy will do that. The enemy will play games with your life, man, until you scream. And then play more games with you. He's a liar. Not only is he a liar, he's a father of lies. You want a good lie, man, in your life, man, he'll make one up for you, custom built. He'll make it so good that you'll be swearing up and down that you're the only one going through that. That's how good his lies are. Here comes Pharaoh, man, and his men coming bearing down on these guys and Moses hears the voice of God to walk in the water and he walks into the water about knee deep ankle deep knee deep and all of a sudden something happens that he didn't realize was going to happen the waters started rolling back the ocean actually started parting in front of them don't you think through the crowd it was like a game show on tv when they show the car Ooh. I mean, you couldn't stand in that crowd, man, and look and know that there was a hopeless situation you were in. And all of a sudden, you see the ocean parting in front of you. You can't help but to go, oh, oh man, hi, five, man. Of course, in its own right, it would be scary opening up because where is it going? It's coming on both sides, bubbling and it's just rolling. Fire is keeping far away. Smoke keeping far away. And, and, and all of a sudden, the children of Israel start going across on dry ground. It was a little scary, a little shaky, okay? Because you're going through, and there's walls of water. The Bible says they're in heaps. The water was heaped up on both sides. And they're walking with these heaps of water. Sharks going by about this far from your kids. (laughs) Ha, 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 through the water. Oh, God, look at that, man. Come on. Let's be realistic here. It's a little scary. But still in all, it's the way to go. Man, they're walking. Pharaoh and the army is being kept at bay back there. And they're going through. And they're going through how long did it take a million or so people to get through there? And all of a sudden they got through and they turned around and here comes Pharaoh and men. man, oh, the men just chariots just being driven. You could see them coming through, chasing. And all of a sudden This was going to really leave a mark. Before the water started rolling back, all the wheels of every chariot fell off. Obviously, they didn't have an account at Les Schwab where they tightened your tires for you. But every wheel fell off, and it was very difficult at first, watching the water kind of converge on them from there when they had wheels, but now that they have no wheels, it is even a little bit more difficult. And I can't even imagine what the Egyptians were thinking as the water bore down on them, and they got off their chairs, and they started running, men and horses started looking, saying, what about us? You know, I mean, there you know, ah, And they started running, 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 and the water just engulfed them. And the whole beach, the whole beach was filled with swollen Egyptians as Israel stood there and watched them. And they looked back. The mountains were still there. The sea was still there. The army was floating up on the beach. And just a few moments before this, they were saying, what's the use? What's the use? The only alternative that we have is to go back The only alternative that I could see is to turn back, go back from where we came. The only alternative is to crack one open. The only alternative is to light one up. The only alternative, man, that I could see that makes any sense to me at all. See, the enemy is a liar. His influence is in here, man. And if we let him go, we'll be going back going, Hey, man, let's get them bricks done, huh? Anybody got an extra leak or an onion? We'll settle for anything. But as the Egyptians floated up on the beach and Israel looked at them, we're talking about motivation. You think at the end they just went out of a big prayer meeting? said, God, we'll never, ever turn back from you again. Except for the next 40 years that we're just going to wander around because we're going to murmur and complain the whole time and kind of really get mad at the food you're sending us. Other than that, we're going to be kind. We'll be okay. See, we're human nature, man. We're fighting that. So we need something. We need something to motivate us daily we need something more than me i need something more than me to keep me out of addiction i need something more than me i need something more than willpower we had a young man was on our police department i was i was a chaplain for the police department i actually went to the police academy up in richmond washington i was the senior chaplain up there uh, on, on the police department We had a young man who answered a call, a a police officer answered a call of someone who was going through some cars in the parking lot, and he got there ahead of everybody. So he saw the guy running, so he went after him in foot pursuit before any backup came. And when the guy uh, jumped out of the bushes on top of the police officer, he stabbed him 10 times or 11 times up above his bulletproof vest, all in the neck and the throat the head. When the officer fell back on the ground, he grabbed the officer's weapon off of him, and he... He took the weapon and pulled up the officer's bulletproof vest and shoved the gun underneath the bulletproof vest. Boom! Shot the officer right in the stomach. And when the officer fell back like this, he took the gun and put it right in the officer's face. Boom! Blew his face apart with the the 38 that he was carrying and just laid there in his own blood, just coughing up blood uh, on the ground. And the guy took off running, left him there. Blew the officer apart, stabbed him, shot him. Left him for dead. They rushed the officer to the hospital. One of our chaplains was on the scene. You can't tell me that God doesn't have some kind of strength there. One of the chaplains laid, laid hands on him. This man, this man wasn't even a saved man. Mike Fitzpatrick. His name. Ten months later, after this whole incident. Mike was back out on the road patrolling. You can't tell me that there isn't some kind of godly influence that follows people. Ten months later, if you ask Mike today, you say, Mike, what do you, what do you attribute that to? Well, I worked out a lot. That's what he'll say. I had a, was in pretty good physical shape give him one of them NCIS things up the head, man. You know, idiot. Mike, you know as well as I do what happened. It's that influence of God. It's that, it's that motivation of God. I'll tell you, it, it, really, and Mike, he was a, he was a, a, last time I saw him, he was a captain on another police department up there, a, a county sheriff's department up there in that state. See, I'm telling you, man, God, if god be before you who can be against you as moses stood there and as moses heard these words these are the words he heard he heard something like this moses went up to god and the lord called him from the mountain saying thus saith the lord say this to the house of jacob i want you to tell the children of israel this moses see what i've did to the egyptians and how i bore you on eagles wings to myself listen here's the message in this okay god saw their dilemma god sees your and my dilemma but he is not delivering us from something we're set free from something but what god did to these people is he says i didn't get you away from the enemy that time okay that's what that's what His whole thing was i opened the sea so you can escape the enemy no he says i opened the sea and i brought you on eagle's wings toward me this is his whole point of you and I being set free. His whole point isn't so we can have addiction behind us. His whole point is we can have him in front of us. And with that precedent set in our life, we can go anywhere and do anything. Because we don't have any fear going back to anything because it's not the back that we're worried about. It's going to him and coming to him. This is why he set us free from that. So that you and I. Could tell other people. I know it's bad for you. And I know you see no hope whatsoever. But let me tell you something. And like the apostle Paul said to people. I. I. I just didn't read this in one of the steps. I got this. And I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing at all could separate you or me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Nothing. And that has to do with whatever we were addicted to. God's good. God, God, God uh, set these people free. Listen to what He says here. He says, "I bore you on eagles when you brought to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey My voice and keep My covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to Me above all people. For all the earth is Mine, and you shall be, uh, 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 you shall be to Me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel, Moses." I'm here to tell you that same thing today. If God before you, who can be against you? A just man can fall seven times, but he'll rise right back up again. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it's the Lord who delivers them out of them all. See, these kind of things are the things that we have working for us. These are the kind of things that the enemy doesn't want us to know because these are motivating things. You see, every scripture, every scripture in the Bible is capable of knocking the devil for a loop. Every scripture, every scripture, because it's all truth and he's a lie. Anything that has to do with truth is opposite from the lie. So anything that we present to the devil truth-wise is going to knock him for a loop. But the only scriptures that really will knock him for a loop in your and my life is the scriptures that you and I have taken ownership of And we stand on and know are true where we can say, I am persuaded that this is the truth. Then he doesn't have a leg to stand on. The definition goes on. Listen to this one. The definition goes on. That which determines the choice or moves the will. I don't know about you, but some of the choices that I make and some of the things that I have in my own will, I need those things changed. Huh? Amen? Amen norma's saying amen because i know him and i know he's right i know he's saying that i know he's true you know i've been around him i know i don't know how judy does it absolutely not no idea how he does it (laughs) that which determines the choice or moves the will little old zacchaeus remember zacchaeus in chapter 19 of luke Zacchaeus man little old guy I mean this guy was a beady little eyed freak man I mean he was just he was just a crazy little looking guy He had those half gloves on all the time he wasn't a biker, but he was a tax collector You know, he he would rip off his own mother. This guy took things from everybody, man He just took everything and he heard jesus one day was coming down to town And so he he, he went to, to see him late Of course because he was collecting something from somebody of course, you know, and he came and he, he's looking He's trying to jump. He's trying to see jesus. He could hear the crowd coming out, uh, going down like that, you know, and like when dory rides her vespa down through the biker rally you know oh everybody goes yeah says the same thing you know so here he comes man he's looking he's trying to look and he doesn't see can't see what jesus or anything so he sought to see jesus what the scripture says so he sees this sycamore tree and he he shimmies up the sycamore tree he climbs on up there and he's hanging right over the road man little breezes blowing back and forth like this you know and here comes jesus down people on all the sides man they're just uh, coming in pressing on them they're trying to touch him trying to get it there to, ah touch me touch me you know and he's walking down he's got the secret service agent James John and, and Peter and all these guys that are around him you know they're all walking you know trying to keep people you know, and, and, and pretty soon Jesus looking and 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 uh, Peter goes up Peter goes guy in a tree guy in a tree guy in a tree and everybody starts looking down you know, they see this guy in a tree beady-eyed little freak hanging up there man half gloves <laughs> seeking to see Jesus man just a really freaky looking guy. And, and, and James says, watch, he's going to jump, he's going to jump, he's going to jump. I can see him, I can see him. And the, guy, the guy's nuts, he's nuts. You know." And so they're trying to get Jesus to walk by faster. And what does Jesus do? He stops. And they go, come on, come on, move. No, 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 no. And he looks up in the tree and there's this guy. Now, if anybody needs a little motivation in their life, it's the guy in the tree. Zacchaeus. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come on down. Peter and James look, along. I wouldn't have said that. I, I would, I, really, it was me. I wouldn't have said something like that. I'd just leave him up there and just walk by real fast and just get out of here. No, not Jesus. Come on down. And then he says something else. Today, I want to go home with you. I mean, why would Jesus want to do this? Why would Jesus even want to do anything with you and me when we were in the condition we were in? Why would he even want to do anything with us? Why would he stop in the middle of the road when other people are going, what are you stopping to talk to this freak for? Come on, you know how freaky we were. Thank you. Thank you for the clarity. <laughs> this guy was a freak, man. He'd rip off his own mother. He stole something from everybody. He was dishonest. He had no integrity. I want to go to your house. Zacchaeus is faced with the decision. He could have said at that point, no. Just wanted to see you, that's all. I heard a lot about you. I got enough. <laughs> see ya. No, he jumps down out of that tree, man. And he leads. He can't, he can't believe this, man. He came late, and now God's blessing him. Jesus is coming to his home. And all of his disciples are walking there going, you sure about this? Are you sure you know what you're doing? I think Jesus would have said to the disciples when they got to Zacchaeus' house, you guys wait out here, okay, because i got to talk to this guy a little bit, okay? All right. You little bitty-eyed freak, what's the matter with you? I, I should slap you upside the head four or five times. What are you not? You're going to hell. You know that, don't you? you know. No, he did not He goes in the house. The disciples come in the house, and Jesus walks in. Zacchaeus does this. You can read this in the 19th chapter of Luke. I wish I wrote this. This is good stuff. Mark, he spins around on Zacchaeus. I mean, Zacchaeus spins around on Jesus. He goes, oh, and all of a sudden he starts this yelling thing. And Peter and James not go, I knew it, man. We're going to have to subdue this guy. I knew we we're going to have to jump on him. I knew, get the cuffs. He goes, ah! The half of my goods, everything I have, I'm going to sell it. i am going to give to the poor. If I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I want to restore unto him fourfold. See, there's motivation that's come to this guy somehow. He wasn't planning on giving his fortune away. He wasn't planning on everything that he stole to give it back. He wasn't planning on that before he got up in that tree. But now something happened when he saw Jesus. Something happened when Christ came into his life. It changed his whole perspective. He started feeling, I got to do something right. To give it to the poor. If I taken anything from any man, my false accusation, I would restore him four times as much as I took. Oh, save me, save me! And he's flipping like a fish on the floor. and they're watching Zacchaeus flip around. <laughs> Peter says, "What do you think, Jesus?" He goes, "I was just looking for some pie and coffee, but this is good. This is good." And then he says to these guys, this, my son, this, my son was dead. This, my son was dead. And now he's alive. I want you to look at him. I want you to look at him. He's alive. That's what he's saying to you and I. We were dead, man. We were dead. We might not have been physically dead, but we certainly were dead. We were dead in trespasses and sin. We were dead to family. We were dead to friends. If you had a bad enough addiction, it wouldn't be enough to even steal from somebody. No wonder why that step is in there. If you've done anybody wrong, write it down. And go to them and make it right, man. See Zacchaeus just jumped into one of them steps right away. I'm going to give back everything I took. Plus. change we're talking about motivation I need this kind of motivation in my life I wouldn't just do things on my own Zacchaeus wouldn't have done that on his own he wouldn't if somebody would have said you know what you need to do man you need to restore back everything you stole from people and give them back twice or three times four times as much as you took from them." and Zacchaeus would look at him and says shut up that's my cell phone I gotta take this he wouldn't have bought it. Somehow Jesus never even mentioned it to him. Somehow when Jesus came, he said, "You know what you have to do? Give to everything." You know, he didn't even say a word. Zacchaeus just started flipping like a fish and yelling all this stuff on his own. It was like that thing when Isaiah went to heaven. Remember? I mean, he's mourning his relative. Man, this guy's dead for six months. You could, you could you could uh, read this in Isaiah chapter six. He's mourning a relative that died, Uzziah, the king, he's been dead for six months, Uzziah. And now Isaiah is mourning him. He was a a cousin or so, uh, some relative of his, an uncle. And he ends up in heaven. Something's motivating this guy. What would you do if you all of a sudden ended up in heaven and you saw God sitting on the throne and Lightnings and thunderings around the throne and the great crystal sea. What would you do? What would you do if you woke up one night to go to the bathroom and you walked right into heaven? I mean, where do you think he was that day? I mean, he was this guy. What was he? He was minding his own business. All of a sudden, he blinks his eyes and he's in heaven. The throne of God, the lightnings and thunderings, and seraphims flying around. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, 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 holy. What's going to motivate this guy? I mean, what would you do if you found yourself doing that? I'd learn the song maybe. Look at the little in Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy. I mean, I don't know what i do. I'm standing there, you know, looking. Swallowing hard. Seraphims flying around, weird-looking creatures. Two wings. They cover their eyes, two wings. They cover their feet, and two wings they fly with. This is like something out of a Freddy Krueger movie, man. But seraphim came to your door and knocked on the door. Yeah, hey, I'm from God. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, he covered, well, open your face. No, I can't. I can't. I'm covering with these wings. No, come on. I don't know why they did that. Theologically, I don't even know why they did that, but they did it. All of a sudden, Isaiah standing there looking up at the throne of God. Man, something is motivating this guy. See, see, that's what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit is so strong in your in my life. If we give him half the chance, even though we're not even wanting to do this, he will lead us. The last thing that I would think about doing is what Isaiah did in that heavenly situation. There's no exit signs. He can't get out. The only thing is the seraphim is making movement. He sees God on the throne. And here's what he does. You can read this in Isaiah 6. Yo, God! Isaiah here! All of a sudden, you know, God looks down. Now he's a focal point. You know what? I have a filthy mouth, man. what's What's he doing? Is this guy nuts? he's in heaven and he's yelling to god's throat i got a filthy mouth god and you know all the people i hang around with they're filthy too one of the seraphims flying holy 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 must have peaked must have looked over at god and god must have gave him one of these because he peeled off with the pack like some blue angel And as he come around heaven, there man, looking, you know, Isaiah's watching this thing peel up. These things never did anything but minister to God. This was the first, even for the seraphim. As he came down by the altar, man, there was he got uh, something like landing gear came out from one of them wings came down and he grabbed the tongs like salad tongs off the altar there and then he picked up a major hot coal and put it in front of him like some guided scud missile. And it's not hard to figure out something's aimed at you. I mean, it's not hard to figure that out. And as Isaiah stood there with this still ringing, unclean lips, 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 lips," going off of him. He sees the seraphim coming. And he lays the hot cold on his mouth. Then back up in the back. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of my like nothing happened. Isaiah's standing there major smoke ring out of his mouth. And then the humor of heaven erupted when a voice spoke and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Like he needed that. I mean, he's standing there smoldering, man. But you see, God did that to him, not to hurt him. He said this, Behold, your sin is purged, and your iniquity is taken away. See, two different things. Sin is the fruit of the tree, but iniquity is the root of the tree. So when you've given up drink and alcohol, uh, drugs, and all these different things, food, whatever it is, you're given up. That's the fruit of the tree. What God wants to deal with when we're set free from addiction is not just the act itself, but he wants to deal with where that thing is coming from. And that's the iniquity. The Bible says that he laid the axe to the root of the tree. I'll tell you, you could pick off every piece of fruit off of a tree and the next season when it comes back, boop, 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 and you know down here, you see fruit trees everywhere, man. I come from up north up there, man. They had cherry trees and apple trees and peach trees and uh, everything up there. And you could pick all the sin off. You could pick all the sin. You can deal with all the sin in your life and get rid of it. And the next season, it comes back, and you thought you dealt with something. But it's back again, back again, back again. And the Bible says things like this. And way back in Genesis, it says sin, sin itself crouches by the door. And sin isn't just waiting for you to open the door to say, hi, sin, good to see you. And crouch back down. No, sin is waiting for you and I to open that door so I could jump back in again. And the thing that keeps the door shut, see, because we desire sin. We have this nature. The Bible says that we're born into that nature. And that's the thing that God is trying to change is cut away that nature, that desire to even want to go back. That desire that when we hit a hard place like Israel did, man, and they're facing the sea and the mountain and the mountain and the enemy, and there's nowhere to go but throw up your hands and say, we have one, one, one decision that we can make, and that's just go back. And God says, no. Follow me. I'm going to take you through guys i want you to really see this because we're, we're all going to hit hard spots no matter what we're going we're going to hit hard spots we're going to hit places where man there's just nowhere to go and just like the steps are saying at that point you got to see that you cannot do this on your own. and i think i'm preaching to the choir here really Because I believe that you already know that. You already understand that. But we need to put that into practice every day. We need to have godly influence in our life every day. When the voice of the Lord spoke and he says, who will go for us? Here was Isaiah who was already a major prophet who just said to God, I have an unclean mouth. And God put the coal on his lips. Isaiah looked around. The seraphims were doing what they were doing. Everything was in place. And he looked at the throne of God. And he was in a position to say, I'll do it. Let me go for you. See, God wants to change our whole perspective and our whole life. Not just get us away from alcohol, drugs, food, whatever. He wants to change our whole perspective of the way we even look at these things, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. Just an example. Another, another, another example. I've got just a, just a few more. And I'll quit. To stir up. I knew I knew that this would be the stir up. You know a washing machine? If you open up a washing machine, there's something inside there called an agitator. Without an agitator, all you got is wet clothes. You need some agitation. <laughs> that thing going up and down, man, just, you know, clothes. You know, you just don't throw the clothes in there and they go, what now? No, <laughs> they don't have a choice, man. <laughs> that thing starts going, man, and it starts just pumping a man you know and sometimes our lives are like that <laughs> and we feel why is this happening why is this happening why is this happening because God's cleansing because God's cleansing some agitation the ultimate in God is he wants you and I to come out of the circumstance clean we talk about being clean and sober he wants us to come out of the circumstance clean and stay clean. We pride ourselves in the fact that, man, I haven't had a, a drink in this long. Right, I've been on a diet for eight months or nine months, and, and man, I, I I've been losing weight. I've been doing it, man. It's been happening. I I've I I, I I haven't t- taken any drugs for ten years, fifteen years. It's the same thing with the other areas of our life, the areas that he talked about. So clearly, anger was one of them. You know, these kind of things jealousy these kind of things those are the kind of things that drive you to do what we know will destroy us to stir up another one means to spur on when you see a horse and you ask him why is the long face you know see a horse you go, why is the long face man why you got that long face Most people don't realize this, but any horse that could talk like Mr. Ed would look back at you and go, Spurs. I hate Spurs, man. You know what Spurs do to me, man? I mean, I'm walking around minding my own business, but I just don't happen to be going fast enough for the guy that's on my back, you know. And so he gives me, one of these. See, because Spurs aren't just to make you sound cool in a gunfight. Chink, chink. You're wearing spurs, you can't sneak up on Indians. Chink, chink, chink. How come they always know we're coming? Spurs are made to agitate the horse. (laughs) Any horse worth of salt would say, give me five minutes with the guy that's riding on me of them spurs, man. I'll show you what I can do with hooves. See, man, spur, man, God wants to spur us on, man. I don't know if you ever felt the, you know, tug of the Holy Spirit, man. Woo! <laughs> another one is this, to encourage. I knew that it would be, say something like this, to encourage. I mean, motivate. Encouragement has to be in there somewhere. But, you know, encouragement, another word for encouragement is inciting, like inciting a riot. When there's a riot somewhere going on, somebody encouraged that. <laughs> It's really nice saying he incited a riot, but it's encouragement that brings that thing on. I'll tell you, encouragement can bring a riot on. Encouragement could do a lot of things in you and I. Encouragement coming from the right people is a big thing. Someone could say something to me like, man, uh, for example, you're losing weight, man, and, and it's really cool, man. I, I'm I'm glad to see you're doing that. And, uh, hey, I, I feel good for you, man. I feel good, and that—that's all well and good. And I—I take stock in that. But when my wife looks at me and says, "I'm proud of you, honey," that encouragement from someone that I know and love, man, is coming. Really makes a difference. Really makes a difference. That's why these things, these steps, are so important. When it talks about what we do to one another, people come to meetings like this because they feel safe in meetings like this. You don't feel safe with everybody. God says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. One more thing this word motivate or motive means to animate, to animate, to give life to. A guy by the name of Walt Disney he was sitting there. I don't know it was a messenger or something. He was sitting there, had a little scratch pad. And times were just a little bit slow that day, so Joey started drawing dry some things. You know, he drew this little mouse-looking figure, you know, and put some ears on it. I <laughs> that's good, that's good. A little tail. <laughs> he thought something. Well, he picked up the next page, and he drew another mouse, and picked up the next page and drew another mouse, another mouse, another mouse. Until he had a whole bunch of mice on this on this book, you know. And, and then Mark, he took this book, and he, 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 he did this. He flipped it. For some reason, I don't know he flipped this. And the mouse went like this. <laughs> and Mickey was born. Mickey was born. Do you know Walt Disney's been dead for uh, 20 years or so, 20-some years, and he's still making more money than you and I <laughs> Because of. Some little mouse he animated something see we were dead in our trespasses and sin and God animated us brought us alive and in him we live and move and have our very being God is good amen is th- this make any sense at all or do I need to start over <laughs> well I knew I had to get this one in but Numbers 21, that's all I'm gonna say. And then we'll close. That's it. Will you stand with me? Stand with me, please. What motivates you the most in your life right now? Only you could answer that. In the church that we come from, Mosaic Christian in the Rock of Roseville, I was on staff for eight years. We have screens like this, and we have touch pads in our pews, we can ask a question. And it could be up to nine answers. Percentage answers will come on the board up there. We can ask questions of the congregation. They just press a button. It comes up there so you can anonymously ask some questions. So I want to ask you something. Is there anything that you know right now in your life that you need a godly motivation in to get you through? Is there anything that you, you, you can see, man? There's something. There's something going on in me right now that I need. Godly motivation in my life Let's look to the Lord right now I'm not going to ask you to come up I'm not going to ask you to do anything like that I'm going to ask you to do right where you're at I'm going to say God Because there's some people I know that are struggling With different things in their life We all struggle with something You come out of an addiction of any kind And you're struggling with something You are There's no need to say "Yeah, I'm." I am I don't have any problems Because we do have problems But I want to tell you something God is bigger and stronger than any one of those problems that we have. If he could open up a sea and let people walk across on dry ground, scary as it might be, man, looking on both sides and seeing all this activity going on, and walk across with their family and their friends. Get everybody across. And he can take you and I and do the miraculous in our life. Let's just look to him right now. Let's pray.